Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, everybody. I'm Jim. David. <laughs> David is so excited today. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this. He's got... <laughs> I, have, I, I have to be careful. I want to carry this stuff in detail later. Uh, today, we're going to talk about what happened over Christmas. Uh, yes. <laughs> the yes. Christmas holiday. <laughs> oh. um, I, think right. that, I think that we're going to have a good time with this. So... Tell us about what you ordered, Dave. Uh, so, as part of our uh, plans for 2018, I decided to pull the trigger on a beautiful-looking Shenzhen Les Paul. Back around on the 11th, I started contacting Shenzhen, looking for information as to how to place an order for one of their... Now, beautiful- that was the 11th of what? Because people will be listening to this in the future. <laughs> the 11th of December uh, okay. and 28 or 2017, right. right? On the cusp of 2018 here. Um, and <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that these people are extremely difficult to get a hold of. Um, <laughs> everywhere I look, okay, they're on eBay, they're on Reverb, they're on, they have their own website, they're on Facebook, they do sales through Facebook. They have all of these different places have ways to contact them, yep. and none of them work. That's basically what I found. Um, <laughs> to an extent, I, I did finally get a hold of um, uh, a hold of them after I joined the Facebook owners group. Right? It was weird because it was like the day I got I got accepted the owners group. I get a message from a guy that has a matching name to somebody on Reverb, and he I, the guy on Reverb says, you know, hey, yes, we can provide you pictures of the instrument. We're going to send you. And I said, great. And then I waited 24 hours and then I got pictures. All right. And I was, yeah. I was actually like at this point, cause it's already 10 days had gone by at this point, by the time I finally was able to contact somebody. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to get involved in this, but my better half said, we're going to do it for the podcast. So uh, my actual better half being my wife, she's saying, don't throw your money away. Don't waste your money. Uh, me being the idiot that I am said, this is a great idea. I'm going to do this anyway. So I saw the pictures. I fell in love with the guitar. Stupid me, looking at the guitar, now realizing it's probably a photo flame finish anyway. It's a flame top, Les Paul. It's going to be a uh, tobacco burst, allegedly. Um, the pictures I were given looked pretty good. Uh, again, very difficult to tell from a picture whether you're getting an actual you know, veneer top. You're getting a... Uh, photo finish or if you're getting a legit maple cap which i am almost 100 certain this will not be a legit maple cap um, i'd be i'd be surprised if it's even a veneer yeah i that's kind of what i'm figuring too but uh the happiness of some of the other owners is what's making me wonder and that and in the owners group i've seen a couple of bad tops which you're not going to see many bad photo finishes you know, photo finish tops because they're obviously a photo. So they're going to try to put the best foot forward they can. So that's kind of promising, but we'll see. We'll see when the thing comes in. So here's the deal. Um, I, I ordered the guitar on the 22nd, 23rd passes, 24th passes, 25th passes. 
past Christmas. I believe it was on the 26th or 27th. I'm like, hey, when is my guitar going to ship? And I actually sent him a message on Reverb first. And no response. Crickets. So then I asked the question in the group, like, how long does it usually take to get a tracking number out of these guys for an in-stock guitar? Because they do... They do sell in stock, and if they don't have stock, like they'll they're supposed to contact you and let you know so that you know you know that it's going to ship later and so, and so forth. Um, originally, when I was going to order, I wanted a lemon burst, but apparently they were they only had one in stock, and I didn't want to take a chance, so I just ordered the uh, the tobacco burst. I was I was plenty happy with the way it looked, and I was like, all right, this this will work. By the way, it's two hundred fifty for the guitar. Uh, I think an extra hundred for the case. Like it's it's between eighty and hundred for the case, so all out the door with shipping and everything. I'm three hundred fifty in the hole on this. Uh, I'm pretty confident the case will at least be you know decent. Um, it the, the cases look pretty good quality from what I've seen. They're they're um, pretty legit. But the uh, the guitar we'll see when we get it. I'm just I'm a little flabbergasted because I I had to join the owners group and start asking other people who had done it before like for information and what ended up happening. Uh, I asked the question, and about two or three days later, the guys from Shenzhen themselves commented on this, and then they said, "Oh no, we'll get you a tracking number." Well, then they were like, "Can you sh- can you tell us, you know, your order number or whatever?" And I sat there and went, "I my name matches the reverb, you know, seller." And <laughs> I'm like, "All right, I'll get you that. I'll get you. Uh, I'll send, I put the pictures of the guitar up in the, in the thing, so I show them the pictures, and then I asked, "Well, do you get a serial for that guitar?" No, you never gave me one. So then it's like, well, am I going to get the guitar I was told I was going to get or what? You know, and now at this point, I really don't know. I I felt like I made it clear in the Facebook post, like I was expecting to get the guitar that was pictured as per the discussion. Um, so I posted my order number in the group and actually, I don't know if I posted the group or if I actually gave it to them directly. It makes a difference to me, but I, but, um, they have a copy of the order number, so hopefully it all gets sorted out. If the guitar shows up and it's inferior, I am probably going to open a ticket with eBay uh, just because, you know, hey, look, I, I did spend good money on this. The reality is I expected to get something that I was as pictured. So if it ends up looking like garbage, I'll probably have to squawk a little bit and see what can happen. I, at the same time, I you know, this is probably a bad time to say this, but I did kind of use the cloud of the podcast. I said, look, we run this podcast. Like I'm looking to get it in so we can talk about it on the, on the show. Um, I'm hoping that that will spark them to at least make sure I get a decent one, and they don't send me like the the dog poop that's left right. over, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but after this whole debacle, man, like I don't know. I don't think if I would go through this whole like shenanigans to buy another Chinese guitar. It really depends on the quality, I guess. I mean, if it if it winds up being like playing like a seven or eight hundred dollar guitar. It might be worth it, but if it if it doesn't, if it plays like a three hundred fifty dollar guitar, I'll go to I'll go to Guitar Center and buy a three hundred fifty dollar guitar off the rack. Well, see that that's the whole you know that goes back to the whole pig and a poke uh, episode that we did, where uh, I was like, you know, at least if I go to Guitar Center, there's probably fourteen Les or I mean uh, Les Pauls in um, Epiphone style that I can try. And right. if I'm going to buy a guitar that's going to cost me in the three to three hundred fifty dollar range, well, even at the you know at the range that you're talking about, um, I can get a you know a standard Les Paul <clears throat> from Guitar Center uh, Epiphone and be right in that that ballpark. And at least I know I picked it up, I felt it. You know, I, I'm hoping that you have good luck because to be honest with you, 
um, I'd like to see um, their Access guitars, which, if you have good luck, I'm going with the Access one, which... <laughs> I've seen some pictures, and it's like, oh, they left like an eighth of an inch of wood underneath. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I have high hopes. I'm just trying to keep my expectations as low as possible. Uh, so that way, I at least feel good about, you know, spending the 250 bucks. I mean, basically right now, I'm strapped for money. I was actually hoping to get a um, PRS SE, but I kind of backed off and I was like, look, if I buy an SE, I'm going to be the guy that sits there and goes, why didn't I just buy the core model? Or why didn't I just buy the CE? Like that's going to be me, and for for me, I would just end up selling the SE eventually and flipping up to that anyway. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I know we talk about rental fees, but when you're strapped for cash, you don't want to you don't want to throw money away either. So I guess I mean I've got to look at this from the perspective. I bought pedals more expensive than this guitar. Um. So yeah, we both have. So it's it, you know it's one of those things where you think, well, I've put three hundred four hundred dollars into a pedal before. So what's you know three hundred dollars with the case, um, three fifty you know or whatever it was and I guess I guess that's a good way to look at it. I'm not sure. The, the 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 plan for this year with this guitar, regardless of how it comes in, is to refurb it. I'm gonna in in a sense refurb it. I'm going to replace all of the hardware because we figure the hardware is probably not going to be of great quality. I'm either going to pot the pickups or get new pickups, because that's one thing. A lot of people said the pickups in these guitars are decent. Uh, We'll see, obviously. But if they are decent, I might just wax pot them and call it a day. The other option is they go to my buddy, uh, Nick Bongers, who works, or he has a a company called Great Lakes Custom Pickups, and I'll have him wind me a set. Um, And then, of course, the hardware, we're going to strip it out. My dream is to put a Floyd Rose on this thing, the uh, the FRX tremolo, the, the drop-in trim. Yep. I don't know if that's going to work out on this guitar or not. It'd be nice if it does. I'm not holding my breath on that one because I know that there's difference between metric and uh, imperial measurement and stuff in terms of hardware and all that. So. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's going to be um, some stuff that, that obviously is going to be an expense, but at least you can put those expenses off. My big thing is, you know, you see these YouTube guys, um, and uh, let's not throw any of them under the bus, um, except Nick in the States, uh, (laughs) (laughs) who get these things in, they're like, oh, this is the best, oh, look at this guitar, look at how sweet it looks, everything else, let's take it out of the box. Well, really, Nick, you haven't shown me anything but what the pictures would show me anyway, because you just showed me a picture, and they showed us a picture. I want to hear this thing, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we put this, you know, side by side. What's your rig? What are you what are you playing through a Roland Microcube? I mean, it's kind of you know you see these things, and I and I'm picking on Nick. Nick's a good guy, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, he's the dumpster diver, saying, isn't he? No, the dumpster diver is the guitarist. Oh yeah, that's the other guy I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that I, I love. This guy, he goes, yeah, um, Guitar Center's at it again. They threw away another great guitar. No, they didn't. They threw away another broken guitar, man. It, nobody wants to put. Nobody wants to put a thousand dollars into a guitar. They're not going to get a thousand dollars for you, dumbass. So yeah, you know what I, that guy, dude. I got to start because we're talking about him. That guy just gets me because yeah. he's like he's digging through garbage. Now yep. I can't even begin to stress this, but if you dig through a dumpster, you're committing theft. Yes, 
You're you stealing from the garbage company. That is absolutely right. Like, like if you're going to steal something, shit, make it worthwhile. Don't steal garbage. Don't be a dumbass. Well, like <laughs> what I love is he's a he's an episode of Hoarders waiting to happen. You see his oh god. You see his thing, and he's like, <laughs> look at this. I've got eight thousand cables in this box, and I've got. 47 amps. Well, none of them work, but I plan on working on them. You are a hoarder, man. That is exactly is, what a hoarder says. Dude, he is the dude that like he gets he gets this he gets this stuff for free out of the garbage, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then like uh goes and spends a bunch of money to get all fixed up or fixes himself or whatever. But the but the whole thing is like he has like this stash of right. crap all the time. Oh, that one doesn't work. That one doesn't have any tubes. That like he's the guy you find on Craigslist selling stuff. Where you go to his house or whatever, and he's got all this stuff, but none of it works. But none does, of it. <laughs> does he think that people that are there, are there are like the pickers or whatever they call American pickers? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. He's expecting Mark and or Mike and Dan or Dave or whoever yeah, those two guys yeah, are. Frank what he, and Frank and Jim. There, there is an angle to what he's doing, and and I think what he's actually doing is he's getting this stuff. He's getting it dirt cheap on Craigslist or locally or from like maybe music equipment shops or maybe he's even plundering the depths of. Guitar Center's garbage and getting the amps that they take in that don't actually work. Like they right. work for a while and then they crap out. They right, throw right. in the garbage. So he grabs his stuff because he didn't make he didn't pay anything for it. Right. So he don't care. It's all profit to him. Right. But if you, you know, put, right now the shipping. Right. Here's the thing though. It's it's just like fake news stuff. You stick it you stick it on um a uh, uh, YouTube channel and you go, hey, look at all this stuff I've got, and it looks really good. I mean, if I was if I wanted to impress people. I would hang 47 guitars behind me, none of which have to work. Better yet, I'd green screen myself and put, <laughs> and put nothing but $12,000 guitars. Nobody's going to know the freaking difference. As long as I never grab one off the freaking wall and play it while I'm doing that, who cares? And then even if I do, you know, all right, so that guy that we're talking about, and I'm going to pick on him a bit, um, uh, he has only fixed a couple of those things. That's why I say it's an episode of Hoarders waiting to happen. You get 47, but only fix one. But don't throw 46 of them yeah, away. You know what the best part is? If it's not an episode of Hoarders, you know he's taking this stuff right out of the garbage to put it in his own. Right, right. But it's <laughs> it makes a good video. It makes This is sure. the sensationalism that we have. It's just a different kind of sensationalism that's been created for the purposes of impressing, you know, people who don't have um, the funds or the mean, you know, or uh, other means in order to um, grab gear that they want. So if I'm a young person, I look and somebody's got, you know, 12 guitars that I wish I just had one of, hell yeah, I'm going to be uh, um, impressed. Fact is, they don't even have to have real pickups in them. Well, that's a good point, Jim. You know, you're talking about the sensationalism of this. If he's grabbing stuff out of the dumpster and he's making these YouTube videos out of it. Right. I wonder if he's if he's monetized through YouTube depending on how many gets on this stuff. Like he's actually making money off that. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. And so here's the guy, he's making money on what he's grabbing, right? And um uh so and and here's the other thing. So this is akin to me, this is just to me. I could be wrong. Um to when uh, musicians used to tour in the 80s in front of a wall of fake marshals. Was, no, really, and they were just. And it's limited to the '80s. They still right, do it, right? And nice, and and so here's a wall of fake marshals. If you got behind them, you would see they were nothing but um, uh, not cardboard, but you know, um, plywood. And then there'd be 
there's a there's a famous picture of uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I should find it and post it in the in the group. But <clears throat> where uh, cheap trick Nick, Rick Nielsen has uh, like an orange mic'd up, and it's actually behind a fake Marshall. <laughs> that's that's also got a fake mic that's not plugged in, and and it's like, but everything's lit up, everything lights up, and and he thought to him, he said to himself, he goes, if if there's guitarists out there, or techs, anybody that knows this stuff knows, you can't put these lights on these things and expect them to work. They'll break if you go night after night with these lights in there because this is before LEDs. You know, you're gonna you're gonna bust light bulbs pushing that kind of sound through there. I mean, you're. You know, not everybody can be Angus Young pushing, you know, uh, yeah, all those stacks. Sure. But it, it's just a... It, He's the only guy I know that was actually doing it. You right, know what I mean? Right. Um, the, the, I, I was going to say, I know somebody who actually does this now. He plays in a Kiss cover band. And uh-huh. he, ha- he, I know, uh, I can't comment now because I don't know what he's doing now. But he was going on talking about buying people's cabs with no speakers in it. Right. Like, if you have an empty cab, I'll buy it. Yep. And I know he posted pictures of him building a wall of Marshalls on yeah. Facebook. And if I was going to... Out of plywood, I mean... Right. And if I was going to, like I said, if I wanted to impress a bunch of people on a YouTube channel, I'd dumpster dive, I'd get a bunch of guitars, I'd make them look decent on camera, and then I'd hang them behind me. I'd say, look at this. I got, oh yeah, this Gretsch. Yeah, this Gretsch. I paid $8,000 for it. In the, you know, in the whatever. I'd make up all kinds of stories. Who's gonna Who's gonna check? You know, check me. Well, here's the here's the the proof in the pudding, Jim. Just saying. I'm not saying all of them do that. I, I know that there's. Um, who is he that uh, Pixie Licks keeps his in the um, his in the in the case? So he's only got like a couple of them out at a time. And I know that um, uh, there's a guy out of Arizona, Philip McKnight, um, mm-hmm. and he does know your gear. And that guy, yeah. that's real stuff that he's got behind him. But right. There, you know, there's guys that are doing it for sensational. I know this is going to sound awful. I don't really watch YouTube that much for gear stuff. I mean, that I sounds awful. I don't. <laughs> um, I do. I used to. I mean, I, me and Andy from Pro Guitar Shop, like we're soulmates. But uh, <laughs> the reality is that that if you can't play, and I've seen guys, and I'm going to call some people out. I'm, I'm sure in this discussion, but. When you when you can't play and you sit there and you tell me that this guitar is worth a million dollars, right? You know it's just great. It's the best guitar I've ever had my hand on. Oh yeah, you have, ze- you have zero credibility. Yeah, zero. Yeah, and and, and I know because because I have no. I mean, and, and I know there are dudes that can do this who can't play who can tell the difference between a good guitar and a, and a terrible guitar. Yep. I mean, hell, Leo Fender could not play guitar or could not play guitar, but he built a lot of them. Right. Um, and just help design a lot of. Well, I was going to say he more or less helped design yeah. at the business end right. of it. Let's let's face it; there are very famous people that were wound up working for Jackson and Charvel and everything yeah, else that sure, were actually sure. the builders. But yeah, go ahead. I get you. Yeah, but 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 that's what I'm saying is like uh, you, a lot of people just paint that thing. Right. Whereas I, I, the, I have no guarantee you do know that though. Like you know when when I see a guy, uh, the one that, that comes to mind is Tone King. I'm sorry, but if you're going to play a, play like a, a two thousand oh, dollar carbon yeah. or diesel through a Randall solid state amp and play cowboy chords for yep. ten minutes, yep, you have zero credibility for me. Yeah, zero. You don't know what that piece of gear is for. I, and I, I, I say piece of gear. I, it could be the amp, the guitar, the pedal, whatever you're demoing. 
you clearly don't because you're just sitting here playing cowboy chords, man. But it like, sounds cool at bedroom levels, no, man. No, no. <laughs> ten, ten minutes of it, though. The thing is, like, all right, look. I might spend 10% of my time on guitar playing cowboy chords. Yep. So spend 10% of your demo playing cowboy, cowboy chords. chords. Exactly. The whole, the whole thing is to represent like what the piece of gear either sounds like and then provide and then provide your hey, it feels like this. All right. Yeah. And, but, 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 that but was going to be my input. If, if you can't tell if they know how an instrument is supposed to feel, then you're just sitting there. Well, bawling your eyes out because you're like, this is just stupid. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm getting anything from this. Right. Well, um, yeah. And I and I know this is firing you up. I can see it in your eyes. The thing that uh, you sound like me on most of our phone conversations. And I got to say this. I got to say, if if you bring in a pedal that, let's say it's a delay pedal. Cowboy chords are not what you're doing. I didn't buy a delay pedal for cowboy chords. What kind of moron is using a delay pedal for cowboy chords? I mean. Any delay pedal <laughs> I'm will work. Because it's just like I need a little bit of. Re- I need like this much. I don't need all this. I need this much. Show me the money. And and um, we know because and I I'm literally not going to say his name, the name of the channel, but we know a channel that's famous, got a lot of subscribers, and the intro music is off time and out of key half the time. I'm like, yeah. does that guy even know what he's doing? And it's like. But obviously, just like, um, uh, you know, we would go off on a, a Taylor Swift song or, you know, something like that. Because don't get me started about uh, look what you made me do, because look what you made me do. I just smashed my iPhone, um, uh-huh. you know, because your music was on it. Um, <laughs> it that, that is an awful song. I don't care what anybody says. Um, the, uh, the fact is that there is a, um, there is a level at which... Um, you know the the musician needs to be able to play to and if your intro song is bad to get, that's the thing that you play every week and you introduce people and outro you know outro people with that seriously i'm just saying just saying it's it's hard and you know and, and again i want to stress this it doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about but it doesn't help build their credibility right so for so for me like i don't want to sit here and insult these people but the reality is i i can't believe what you're saying I just can't. It's it's no different than getting on Facebook and trusting the anti-vaxxer news organization for right. information about vaccinations. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, right. Or the or the flat earth people um, who insist that the earth is, is flat and all the people that believe the earth is round, which are the intelligent people of the world, um, that uh, <laughs> that there's that that whole thing. Um, you know, and oh, I'm flat earther, so everything around earther says, but you're just wrong. You have no proof. <laughs> you're just wrong. wrong. <laughs> to get back to the Chinese guitar thing here, like <laughs> we, we started off on this YouTuber tangent, and yep. you know what, you're absolutely right. We should we should go down that path. But look, we have we have no real reputable high-end guitars coming out of China. Right. And so for anybody to sit there and say that this is why Jim and I have this feeling that this thing's gonna be terrible. Because we're sitting here going, they have no credibility it, until they build that credibility by producing quality instruments right. that people actually get their hands on and it passed it around to their buddies and they've ended up on stages with pros. Right. Like it's hard for us to have this feeling that there's something good behind it. And when the company is putting a photo of a group that does not use their gear on their Facebook page, Shang Z, then yeah. you need zero to- credibility. 
you you lose credibility right there. There is nobody in the winery dogs playing a Shang Z. <laughs> Not that we know of. Although I do know that uh Richie Costin does play Japanese uh models of his guitar. Yeah, but Japanese is completely I, I know They've completely been doing different this thing. a long time. <laughs> you know that there was a time when you had could, a couple. Yeah, you could say that about a Japanese guitar, but not now. I would totally buy a Japanese guitar right now. Like, no questions asked, especially over Chinese, especially if they were at the same cost level. And that's the thing. Like, the reason you buy an import oh, yeah. guitar is to save money. And that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting an inferior product. The thing that I, the thing that irritates me about buying something from China is I know my resale value is going to be non-existent. Right. I mean, literally... This guitar is going to be worth the cost of the parts I put in it. And by that, I mean, I'd have to literally take the parts off and sell the parts in order to make my money back on this instrument. So, absolutely. That's just where I am. I mean, and I, uh, think that, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, believe it or not, I mean, most guitars, most, not all, most guitars, even some Gibsons and Fenders, lose value immediately. It's just like a car. You drive them off a lot and they're gone. And, you know, unless you're buying a, you know, like a, um, what are the Elite Series Fenders or uh, the uh, Gibson, um, you know, Classics and above. And even now, the Classics and the pro, uh, Traditionals aren't maintaining the values as well as they were, um, more or less the standards. And even, you know, you're going to lose some money on a guitar no matter what, it, initially. If you try to sell it right away, you're going to lose some money. You'll lose $1,000 on a standard. If yeah. you turn it around, um, you know, short, ty- short term. Now, if you hold on to it for a few years, you might be able to recoup some money. But we don't know what's going to happen a few years from now in the market. So that could change. Have you heard the news about Gibson that's going which, around right now? Which is? Okay. So NAMM is coming up, right? Yep. Gibson they're announced not today that NAMM. they're not going to be exhibiting, right? right. They actually um, announced that a couple months ago. Yeah, but now it's confirmed. They're they're basically saying we're not doing it. and and the statement that came out of the company and this is what I think is interesting. Yeah. The statement comes out and says we're not going because we would rather spend our money promoting our lifestyle brands. Yeah. This is the blurb I understand. I, I I'll be honest with you, I didn't read the whole story yet. I just read the headline, but I'm thinking about this from the perspective of what we're already discussing. And this whole idea is that companies like Marshall, Fender, yep. Marshall specifically, and we'll go to them, Fender. Yep. And uh, Gibson all have a lifestyle component to what they do. Fender obviously has some ingrained culture with the hot rod culture because they use hot rod paint colors, and also with surf culture because of the surf colors as well. And, and various other things that came from Southern California at that time. Right. Uh, Gibson has their connection with, uh, obviously, history yep. because they've been around, I, I think, almost as long as Martin, right? I mean, that's right. Um, I don't almost. know exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say that Gibson and Martin are pretty close because, you know, obviously, uh, they came they from that same era. The, yeah, the early 1900s. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gibson, Martin, I, and even Martin is also does this, but I think they're kind of like 1800s. more traditional, more traditional and like we're not going to, we're not going to make this switch over to uh, this lifestyle component as much. So, like, when I, mean, when I say lifestyle, of course, obviously, if you're not familiar with this terminology, the idea is that they sell products that are not aimed at guitar players. Right. Like, T-shirts, and um, in the case of Marshall, and this is why we're going to pick on them, they have a number of products that really have zero to do with guitar players. Yep. Uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth, Bluetooth speakers. speakers. Yep. Uh, 
the uh, the telephone. They made a cell phone, uh, an uh. Android cell phone. Uh. They also, yeah, that thing kills me. And, and you know what? It goes for big money on uh, eBay, I guess. Yeah. I, I maybe among collector, collectors hey. or whatever. Marshall Refrigerator. I was in guitar. That's Center, where Marshall I was going. That's where and I said it sold. I was like, who's going to spend almost five hundred dollars for a, a little I, fridge? It was gone. I, Jim, I've heard that's one of their best-selling products right now. Yep. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying that's what I've heard. I, you know, I can believe it. I, I listen. Who doesn't? If you're if you're an executive. A blues lawyer or whatever the hell they're called, a rock doctor or whatever you want to call them. Yep. If you're an executive level guitar player, it's like yep. you play as a hobby and you got a lot of money and you have a, a, per, a per, uh, like a private office, who doesn't want one of those? Exactly. It's I, cool. Yeah, I would want one. If I had like a, you know, a little studio thing or whatever, it's kind of cool looking. And and it's $500, big deal. You, but you spend that on a low-end amp. So um, I think for this week, this would be our last topic. We'll wrap it up, then we'll oh yeah, we'll do our I, next thing. I just want to take a few minutes to talk about this—the whole lifestyle switchover. Yeah, and this idea that these companies that that do have a lot of credibility in the guitar field, right, are starting to realize that they that they need to diversify their sales. Now, why is this? Is this because? And I hate to say it, is this corporate greed? And I and I'm going to go more into that. It's a terrible thing to put it that way, but I, right. but we'll get more into that. Or is this a thing that they're doing because they realize that they've pro, they're approaching market a saturation? I think that I think that there's a there's obviously I'm not going to call it greed. Companies can't yeah, it's can't a terrible exist without make, making money. So let's just call it the need to uh, um, produce products that sell. So need for sales. I think it's more along the lines of um, uh, that there is a, there is um, a uh, saturation and um, there's two ends of that. And that's why uh, I want to take the other end of it on our next podcast, because the guitar end of it is now it is saturated. You know, we're, we're all guitar players and we love to think the guitars are flying out of the place, you know, at, at a million miles an hour. But the truth is mid and high end guitars are not selling the way they were. And that could be electric or acoustic. I'm I'm looking here. Um, I'm looking for some credible numbers on how many instruments are produced by Fender, specifically just one company, right? Annually. Now, apparently, there are some numbers floating around from the 50s and 60s. So, 10,000 to 20,000 per year during the 50s and 60s, and then. Maybe a hundred thousand or more by the late sixties, but then, like as I'm reading through, so like none of these numbers are actually published because Fender doesn't want to make it clear what they're what they're selling. Uh, but it's funny because as I scroll on through here, I've seen people who are sh- kind of sharing our opinion, but I also see somebody who says way too many. And the whole idea is that if you sell more guitars, or if you produce more guitars than are sold in a given year, yep, then you have to lower your production for the next year, right? right. Or yeah, or they sit on shelves and then they're basically worthless to, in terms of the company's value. Now, Fender, they, they don't really care so much because the way they sell is they're selling to their dealer who then resells them at, a, at an agreed-to price. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, I, I sit there and I wonder if, there's, if they're producing, let's say they're producing half a million guitars a year, right? Right. 
they're they're only selling three hundred thousand a year. Think about how many strats. All right, say let's say, let's just yeah. say guitars. Right. How many guitars right. are in the American households then? That means like every guitar player right. would have to have a certain amount. Correct. Which, which <laughs> let's face it, let's face it, most of us, most of us have more than a few. Um, you know, uh, our wives might think we can only play one at once, but we obviously think we can play more. <laughs> but um, on a, all joking aside, let's look at the big three guitars. If you talk to any given person who plays guitar and they play electric, they either have a Telecaster, a Stratocaster, or a Les Paul. Or all three, okay? Yeah. Yeah, or a mix of the three. Then they may have some other ones. They may actually have, like myself, more than one of each kind. So there's a a general, almost collector's market. Yeah, the cash. Everybody's got a cash in guitars. So when people scream and yell about, oh, Gibson just produced another $10,000 reproduction of another famous guitar player's guitar, well... Don't get too pissed because that made them more money than three standards, you know. And, Probably, yeah. And so they're Probably easier to sell. Yeah, and they're only going to make so many of them. It's easy to price them in the ten thousand dollar range. So, it, it, and it's definitely a collector's guitar. It's not for the everyday guitar player. Nobody said it was. And if you can't afford it, don't look at it. Now that said, Fender does the same thing. Is don't make as big of a deal out of it. Um, but how many times have you seen yet another exact replica of Stevie Ray Vaughan's number one or Jimi Hendrix's, you know, um, Stratocaster, so on and so forth? Um, so those are those guitars are out there, um, and you know, I, I'd be, I wonder sometimes. I, you know, I used to think the Stratocaster's the bigger seller, but I wonder if the if actually the the uh, Tele is the bigger seller for. I, I suspect that it probably varies depending on the the uh, current music climate. Yep. I'm sure over time the Strat is probably sold more. Right. But but right now it's probably I would say it's probably a mix because they're also probably doing big deals on uh, on offsets. See, I think that's part of the reason why Fender has jumped on the offset market is because that's a lifestyle. That's a thing. way to get them out of their. Well, it's not just that, but it's a way to get them out the door. Right. So if they're producing strats and everybody has five already, yep. they're not going to buy them. Right. But if they produce something they don't have already, they may have a better chance of getting it in your hands. Oh yeah, the, uh, it's the same pickups. Oh, here's some P90s. We're going to put them in a, you know, in a, uh, in a Mustang. Oh, now we're going to put it in a Jazzmaster or whatever, and we'll put them in this other. You know, Fender guitar, and it's, you know, now if you hear people say, "Well, tone woods don't matter," and blah blah blah, well then, why are you buying fifteen guitars with P90s in them? So, as I'm as we're talking about this, I've been googling. Um, it looks like, according to Google, and yep. uh, their answer to this question, of the amount of guitar players in the world, yep. there are allegedly fifty million, according yep. to the B- according to the BBC. Okay. Um, uh, in the United States alone, they're saying somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million. Okay. Um, I could see that. I can however, those numbers. Yeah. However, I mean, a company like Fender, I would not be surprised at all if they're not putting out a million instruments a year. No. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But how many of those people are you going to reach until you've reached saturation? Again, exactly. I don't think, I don't think you and I are their target. Oh, no. 
I don't no. think we are. I think it's the it's the person who's coming in new. Um, because how often do you really buy a new guitar? I think their target market is so damn broad, Jim. I think it's honestly throw shit against the wall to see what see sticks. what sticks. And really, that's all you can do. I mean, you can you can say, okay, you know what, hot right now. Okay, offsets are hot. Let's get them out the door. Offsets, offsets, offsets. They're they're following the trend. They're looking at the, they they offer a certain range. They're, I, this is my opinion. Obviously, I have nothing to back this up, but they have they other than my own intuition. They have a range of guitars they offer, and they're looking at what's selling right now. And they said, okay, so we're going to diversify this model lineup, and we're going to offer this one, this one, this one. It's all going to be the same body shape, and yep. we're going to push them out the door because that's what's selling right now. Right. And so we'll make some in Indonesia, we'll make some in China, we'll make some in yeah. um, uh, America, some in Mexico, and we'll sell them at different price points depending on where they came from. Right. And honestly, that it almost seems like that's where it's almost the country of origin determines the price point. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, uh, they come back to our Chinese guitar. The whole idea is that, you know, you buy the cheapest guitar from the country that can pump them out the fastest with, you know, the, uh, I don't want to say like least amount of labor, but basically it's what it is. They're, they're getting them out quick. I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. So um, let's, let's discuss that for a quick second is if, all right. So if I've got a whole bunch of YouTubers screaming and yelling about how great these guitars are. And then so people are convinced, oh, you know what? And I'm not talking about pros. I'm talking about beginners to intermediates. I'm going to give it a shot. They go out there and they purchase one and they get it. Um, That's one more guitar that didn't sell that was, you know, that that would have been in the market at at, at either a different price point, possibly a little higher or from a different Mm -hmm. company. Now, to take... To take that to the next level is what I'm saying is you may actually get people um, who uh, would otherwise have not purchased a guitar to purchase one. Mm-hmm. But um, I think where I was going with that is you're kind of flooding the market with crap. You know, it's just like in the beginning, I, I'm using fidget spinners as an example like this happened, but let's say the first fidget spinners were quality fidget spinners and they were really good and you were spinning them. They were great. And then you start getting cheap knockoffs that don't spin and, or they hang up and the bearings are crap and you know, the plastic is shit and it it cuts your finger when it moves through it. Okay. So, um, we've, we've taken a market that was once somebody sees a market where they can make a lot of money in a short period of time and dump stuff in there. And, and Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it might, it might be to our detriment in the long run. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, so with any with any market, and of course, I follow comic books because I lived through the comic book boom, and I have a right. collection myself, etc. Um, I was offered some comic books this week uh, from the sixties, uh, Spider Man comics from the sixties that were. I w- the, the the person that was trying to sell them was was cranking them up and saying, "Oh, they're sixty dollars a piece," and I'm looking on eBay, they're ten bucks. Yeah, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not paying that. You're crazy. So I just basically brushed them off and said, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. But the the point is, the reason that that those things are expensive is not because they have any intrinsic value. It's rarity. No, yeah, it's it's simply rarity. So exactly. in order for in order for these instruments that are being produced now to be worth anything in ten years, yep. they got to get thrown away. Got to get yeah. Some of them have got to go in the, gar- the dumpster and that dumpster diver. <laughs> we go yeah, then he can and he can go refurbish them. But here's. So, yeah, and so let's go to the, the next thing. Um, 
which you're talking about that, um, you know, that rarity. So let's talk about what Gibson and Fender do. So Gibson creates that really they've got Les Pauls, then they've got some SGs, then they've got like one, one line of flying Vs and one line of um, Explorers and, and um, Firebirds. So you'll get like a, you may not even get be able to get HP of Firebird this year or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, really, it's Les Pauls. Now, this this would be me if I was if I was Gibson. I'd say, you know what? Let's let's not produce fourteen different colors. With all these skews. Let's bring it down. We got three colors this year. We're only going to do three colors, and we're only going to do um, uh, the HP of standards. We're going to do standards. And maybe classics. What is the whole idea of the classic and then having the traditional? I mean, those are like redundant guitars. And then you've got the studio. Take the studio, do what you used to do with them, make them cheaper, and make them sub $1,000. Get rid of that whole faded series that's ridiculous. And, um, you know, just have, uh, as far as SG goes, standard. (laughs) SG standard. Nothing else. Okay. Or maybe the HP version of it i don't even know if they make them. i already sense that this is kind of occurring to some extent with uh certain brands so gibson does it with uh by offering different models in different years yep. um but i honestly uh think these smaller run collection type deals where they say okay we're only gonna make 500 of these yep. like that that works to an extent in the short term for a collector's market yep. but the reality is that doesn't make it collectible no having no, no. a limited number I'm just saying limit the number of different types. It, mm-hmm. it, it sure. Okay, so when you want to save money, buy less paint, buy less this, buy less that. If I limit the number of SKUs I create, then I limit the number of of um, resources I need to produce the same sure. number of guitars. Sure. It, it's the same thing. Like Fender's got. I mean, I can't even look at a Strat these days because it's like, oh yeah, I've got four. You can have fourteen Strats in the wall. And literally the, looking at 14 different models of the same year Stratocaster. It's honestly, it's got to the point where it's almost difficult to find what you want. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like, okay, here's an elite and here's a standard and here's a deluxe. What's, the, a, what's the difference? Oh, that was got a different neck shape. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I, I know. Why can't I have a good neck shape on a mid-range strat why do i have to pay 18 or 1900 dollars or 2200 dollars for a strat and i don't know if you've noticed but guitars went up this year did you notice that yeah they did they yes. went up as yes. of tw- as of january 2018 even i I've saw seen a lot of prices epiphones went up by like a hundred dollars piece prs 200 prs has gone up i've been has gone up and with those prices going up take a now the mom and sh- pop shops it's even harder for them to keep stock. Mm-hmm. Now you take Fender, Fender having like eighty-seven skews because you've got Squire, Squire Bullet, Squire Classic Vibe, Squire, and then you've got um, uh, the Mexican models, um, and then you've got the um, Road Worn series, and you've got the uh, um, Elites and the Standards and the Deluxes right. and the. I don't even know how to keep keep track of it all right let's let's bring let's bring this home so i got two yeah. things i want i got two things i want to say before we wrap up number one it's going to relate back to this there is this idea and 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 it's coming into other industries it's started to make its way into guitar 
it's actually always kind of been in guitar. Um, the the way that you could manage this idea of market saturation. Look at um, well, really any company that does this, but I think of GNL because I bought one. Right, their guitars are built to order. Right, meaning you get what you want on it. So yep. here's the deal: if I want an S five hundred. I'm getting S five hundred pickups. Yep, I'm getting that body, and then I have my choice of bridge. I have my choice of neck shape. I have my choice of finishes, and I mean they run the gamut on finishes. And right. I can even get things like that are off the page options. Like for example, if I don't want inlays, right? Uh, now of course that changes my ability to uh, return the guitar in the, in the event of a defect. Yep. All, but 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 there are other companies. This obviously Kiesel does this. Yep. Um, but this is a way to keep market saturation down for the for in in one respect, right? For the guys like you and I, Jim, who are after a very specific instrument, who have a very specific need for it. Yep. We don't want to go into the store and pick from fifteen different models of strap that Correct. all have a little bit of a compromise in terms of what we need. Right. I would rather just say this is what I need. Build it for me. That's right. I don't care what you call it. You can call it an elite. You can call it a. You know, I wipe my butt with this. I don't right. care. That could be the model name. The reality is we want it to function the way that we intend. And so the thing is, I can see brands that are doing this yep. somehow getting an edge on the market in the next 20 to 30 years because there's going to be so much saturation on this stuff. But, you know, Fender, um, they had uh, – I don't know. That, oh, they're still this. doing that. Yes, they I was just going to bring it online. up. They dabbled in it. And you know what? I'm not sure if they're still doing it. Uh, I, I, they're not pushing it the way they were when it first came out. Right. And I think partially because they were charging a premium for something yeah. that should have been stock off the shelf. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like you're setting a neck. You're not gluing a neck. You're, right. You're bolting a neck on. Come on. This is not. I think they were afraid they were going to cannibalize the sales of the custom shop. Yeah, I think so too. To be completely honest with but you. But here's, here's the thing. Nobody going in after a $1,400 kind of, um, Personalized thing yeah. is going after a three thousand dollar custom shop. That's not happening. You're not right. cannibalizing anything. Well, and 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 the other thing is, when you buy from Fender, you are buying a brand name too. That's right. I can go to a company. I don't know who's making uh, parts for them anymore, but it used to be that their replacement necks were not made in house. They were made by Warmoth and right. Mighty. Mighty. Okay. Yep. And yeah, and and I know for a while, Godan was supplying necks for the custom shop. That's how they started, okay? So to put it in perspective, that means that the value that we place on this $250 neck is the same as what you were getting from Mighty Might at that time, right? which was only $150 or $175. So stop and think about that for a minute. You're paying an extra 75 bucks to get to the Fender, Fender name on that stock. That's right. And you could That's go to Warmoth. I don't know if Warmoth still does it, but you could go to Warmoth, buy a whole kit, put it together, and make yourself a strap. Yeah. Oh, no, they do. And and that's the thing. Like, there's still parts guitars, and you can do it cheaper. So yeah. that's really the better value. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you really don't care about what's on the headstock, just make it yourself. Yeah. Yep. Or, or go to a company like GNL and roll your own. That's right. Or Kiesel. Yeah. You know? I mean, so I digress. The other thing is I want to point out, so we're talking about the Chinese guitars at the beginning of the episode and kind of sprinkled in throughout. Um, if you want a good indicator of what kind of quality you can expect from an inexpensive Chinese guitar, if you believe in the moniker of you get what you pay for, go look at it. Go look at a square bullet. 
They're made in China. Right. If you're not happy with a $100 Squire bullet, what makes you think you're going to be happier with a more feature-rich guitar made in the same country of origin to the same similar quality specifications? And probably by the same people in the same place. It probably probably is. I mean, frankly, if not, it's people who used to work there who are working somewhere else now. Right. So I I just, it's mind-boggling to me that these discussions are still going on. Um, again, I'm hoping that we can kind of dispel some of these myths or at least confirm them. Yep. So maybe we get we'll get lucky on this. But yeah, yeah lots of crazy stuff going on in the industry right now, for sure. Yep. Well, I knew I don't know if I had insider information or what because I I do have a lot of contacts, but I knew that. Um, uh, Gibson wasn't going to be a part of uh, Nam a while back, and yeah, it was rumored for a while. Yeah, no, I I had it confirmed, but anyway, um, that was uh, I was going to bring it up, but I wasn't sure because I didn't see it on anything else. So I was like, oh, I might I might have information I shouldn't be spreading around. And um, so it, it it's kind of one of those things where I thought to myself, geez, this is um, th- to me this is not big news. It's expensive. To get a um, a seat at Nam and and for what? What is what is Gibson going to show off? Hey, look! Here's some new colors. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know what? I honestly think for most people, especially the diehards that are really into these brands, and like me, I'm going to buy a Gibson Les Paul because that's what I've always played. Yeah. Um, we don't want anything different. We you really don't. That's right. And you know what made the Les Paul come back strong? They stopped making it for a few years. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a that's a financial hit now, but that's what they did. I mean, the Les Paul was it just nineteen sixty. Boom, no more Les Pauls. Here's a new well, Les Paul, and then oh, we don't like the name Les Paul on it. We got to make it an SG. But man. I I sure don't want to see these companies do this though. I don't want to see them stop trying to make something new. However, I don't want that to be the focus of the company either. Right. You can always make your Roland Ready strats and your your very X style instruments alongside your traditional stuff. Just don't put all your eggs in that basket, right? Because at some point, you know, I, I, I as much as I've lauded them, we're all going to have robot tuners on our guitars in thirty years. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yep, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, but right now, it's silly because they're not a they're not socially acceptable number one b we can tune better by year than we can with a robot tuner and c uh they're they're an expensive upgrade right but as they become cheaper they will become a standard item and when that happens then everybody will jump on board and we'll go i don't know how we play without these i can't believe it how did we do this yeah well you know enemy of the show uh enemy of the gear slum uh ryan burke um (laughs) he he (laughs) He's not an enemy of our show. I don't even know if he listens to us. Um, actually, I think he does. But um, he would talk. He had talked about that too. The the whole idea that you know, hey, we all don't want this innovative stuff, but we really do. Right. I mean, we really do. And and the thing is, people. It, here's the thing that Steve Jobs. Um, and I'll. We're coming up on an hour now. Oh yeah, if we gotta read, kill this thing. If you read <laughs> Steve Jobs' um uh autobiography, he said he said that people don't know what they want or need. Sorry. People don't know what they need. And I'm I'm paraphrasing. But he said uh so his idea for the 
iPhone was just to make a phone that you could, with your thumb, right, reach every letter, do everything with one hand, that people do not actually want such a big phone. And then they created these big phones. Now, look what the problems we've got. We've got people with the with the um, they're staring at their phones and falling into um, uh, roads. They've got two hands now. They're both yeah. their th- you've got gamer um, uh, what do they call it carpal tunnel on adults and you and I don't know if you've hold, held one of these big phones for a while. You risk it. Oh, this is terrible. I'll be honest with you. Like I've had a lot of problems with my little iPhone. With my thumbs and stuff, like I'm getting to the age where I can start to feel the arthritis and stuff starting to set in. And also, yep. crow's disease that doesn't help either. But right, um, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, I think. And the point is, is, people really don't know what they want or what they need. The fact is that I think that the Les Paul, what they need to do is just say, "Here's the Les Paul. Here's here's an access version with the nice new um, shiny stuff." And, I'll, right. and here's one that's exactly the way we made it in the 50s. The traditional, right. There you go. Done. Done. Don't. Yeah. You want to make it in 47 colors, fine. But just be done right there. Just put two Les Pauls together. Stop. <coughs> Excuse me. Stop trying to make all these, you know, oh, we've got, we've, we've made the best. I love these things. Things. Oh, we made the best pickups ever until next year. Now we've yeah. made the best pickups ever. No, wait, wait, wait. Now. We and it's totally the- subjective. Don't exactly. say they're the best. It's subjective. Well, that's fluffery. It's, it's Yeah, I know. I know. But the whole thing is just make it the same way and just be done with it. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> they'll sell more if they stop trying to innovate the damn things. Right. Right. So. You make one model that has the innovations. That's your HP. And then you have the model that isn't innovative. And you go from there. You know? you Yes, some people want the 60s neck and some people want the... 50s neck. So do that. Do a 60s and a 50s neck profile. Be done with it. I have something else to say, but I'm going to shut up because that's a topic for another podcast. All right. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We are powered by Death with Coffee. Oh God, are we? And uh, we <laughs> need it because uh, we're going to be we're going to be fired up. We're going to record another episode. So thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm Jim. Yeah, I'm David. <laughs> this is uh-huh. excitement. And we will will talk to you in a week.